Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, good afternoon, or good night, however and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast. Holy shit, what a basketball game. Holy shit. Shit. That's all I have to say about the NBA Finals. We can just end the podcast right there. 48-second podcast. Holy shit. What a game. So, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns in a game, in a pivotal game four. Because now game five becomes a a big-time game. But if it had lost, it would have been desperation time for the Bucks. But... In a pivotal game four in Milwaukee, with everything riding on the game, the Milwaukee with everything riding on the series, the entire blueprint, the entire project that the Milwaukee Bucks have been constructing for years around this once in a generation superstar who had his knee dislocated in game four of the Eastern Conference Finals and won two MVPs, a Defensive Player of the Year, the face of a generation that the Milwaukee Bucks had constructed their first dynasty in 50 damn years around. In a pivotal Game 4 of the NBA Finals, never been this close, might never get this close again. Put together like six all-time legendary moments in one magical Game 4 victory over the Phoenix Suns. And if you're tuning in on Spotify or you're tuning in on Anchor or you're tuning in anywhere where you can see the cover art for today's podcast, it is the photo of Giannis Antetokounmpo coming literally out of nowhere to swat DeAndre Ayton's lob dunk attempt in a 101-99 game with one minute left to go. And the Milwaukee Bucks, who were down nine with about eight minutes left, in the basketball game, come back, beat a 40-point Devin Booker game where he shot over 60% from the field. 60% from the field. He did not make a single three-point jump shot in the entire game and had 40 points and didn't play a significant portion of the second half because he got into foul trouble, which was where I was going to lead today's podcast before not only Giannis Antetokounmpo delivered an all-time great block, but the referees swallowed their whistle on a last-second intentional foul by Devin Booker that would have fouled him out of the game with three and a half to go when he had 42 points. 
Devin Booker had 38 points by the end of the quarter. He only had like four points in the fourth quarter. He had 38 points in three quarters. We talked about how legendary Giannis's game was in game two, where he had a third quarter where he scored 20 points, which was a record that broke, stood for 25 years, broken ahead of 2014 LeBron and 08 Kobe. Yeah, Devin Booker had 20 points in the third quarter of game four. So Devin Booker broke that same record, tying Giannis with 20 points in the third quarter, 38 points in three quarters, an all-time legendary performance that I was ready to talk about establishes Devin Booker, not quite as the face of his generation, because we're pretty sure Giannis is that face of the generation with almost near-picture certainty, but it establishes Devin Booker right up there as the guy going forward for this generation that has established themselves in this postseason. And we're going to talk to House of Phoenix Suns about it. One of my favorite lines from our talk after game four is when the Bucks, or he had been saying all playoffs, we did, we've done 10 or so podcasts. He'd been saying all playoffs. When the Suns have a player score 30, the Suns are going to win. And Devin Booker had 40, but only when match. I thought it was good. The, the thing I had told him when they're 12 and 0, when someone scores like 30 points, but they've never played a player like Giannis yet. Well, it turns out all they needed was desperation Chris Middleton to knock off a 40-point Devin Booker performance. 40 points on 33 damn shots. Chris Middleton took 33 mother bleeping shots. And you know how I'd been complaining that he only took five free throws in the first three games of the series? Well, he took eight and hit seven of them. And the one that he missed was tipped in by Brooke Lopez for two points. And then... Chris Middleton has a 40-point finals game. The Bucks have a 2-2 series ahead of him, and Chris Middleton scored the final eight points at the end of the game. The closer that Giannis says he would, you know, he would trust everything to Chris Middleton. Giannis trusts him with everything that he has, and Middleton took every bleeping shot at the end of the game, and he hit basically every single one except for the one that would have made it of of four point game right after the Giannis block where they like ran the offense through Giannis and then Chris Middleton missed a shot and Drew Holiday got the rebound and just immediately passed to to Chris Middleton and Chris Middleton missed again so other than those two shots Chris Middleton hit like three straight buckets and got the two free throws that sealed the game and that was a major contribution there Giannis 26 14 and 8 shot 11 of 19 from the field and we were going to come in here and talk about you know Drew Holiday and Chris Paul but we just had to start with all the the epic that was like all in the last three minutes like that was just three minutes of basketball and to be honest we could do a full podcast on that and I'm prepared to do a full podcast on just the last three minutes of that NBA final but it would be doing a disservice to just how crazy that game was at the beginning because Chris Paul Finishes the game with 10 points, 5 of 13 from the field, which is an average shooting day for Chris Paul. Again, made no three-pointers. The Suns as a team only made six three-pointers in the entire game. Like, in game two, they hit eight in the first quarter. And they hit six in all of game four. Chris Paul, 0 for 2 from 3. Devin Booker, 0 for 3 from 3. Chris Paul didn't attempt a free throw in the entire game. And really the explanation behind it, and I think this might be what the game plan was, but I'm not 100% sure. The Bucks just told Chris Middleton, 
give 100%, actually give 85% of your total effort to guarding Chris Paul. Just play elite defense that we know Chris Middleton to be from his New Orleans days and even some in his Philadelphia days before the process sent him away for Nerland's Noel. Get as many stops on Chris Paul as possible. Guard him from baseline to baseline. Force the ball out of Chris Paul's hands. And the only time that Chris Paul was actually a part of the offense in that game was when the Phoenix Suns had Devin Booker pick up his fourth foul in the third quarter, and all of a sudden Chris Paul just became a shot maker. So as soon as Devin Booker picks up his fourth foul, Devin Booker goes to the bench. There's about four minutes left in the third quarter, and Chris Paul became the go-to bucket getter two times in a row. They they switched. Um, they screened Bobby Portis onto Chris Paul, which was an idiotic defensive job by by Mike Budenholzer and, and the Bucks. Just double Chris Paul, force the pass to Aiton, just get the ball out of Chris Paul's hands and let someone else beat you. Now, were they afraid that they might hit the three-pointer? Absolutely. But Chris Paul also picked them apart when they switched him onto Bobby Portis. And he hit two straight shots and then campaign hit a three-pointer and they went up on a 7-0 run and then Middleton hit a three and then they came back and hit a bucket. And it was like a 9-3 run after Devin Booker went out of the game. And that's the point they were up nine at the end of the third quarter. And so in that moment, Middleton tried to start working pick and rolls with Giannis. And that ends up being the dynamic offense for the, for, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, they really didn't have any other offense other than Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo giving you 66 points. And we talked about that 81 number that uh, that Phoenix had been putting up, but if you can get 40 from Middleton and 26 from Giannis, anyone can give you 15. And you know how we know anyone can give you 15 with enough shots? Because Biscuits gave you 11 points. Pat Connaughton almost had a double-double in 32 minutes. He basically started for just irrelevant P.J. Tucker. Like, P.J. Tucker just ran around for 29 minutes and fouled jump shooters. Like, P.J. Tucker was just pathetic. We knew, I mean, I've been saying that P.J. Tucker's game kind of died out when the Bucks started running more iso balls than the 2019 Rockets, where he got totally phased out of the offense. But yeah, P.J. Tucker just has been bad for the Milwaukee Bucks. He had zero points, five fouls, took one three-point jumper, only had five rebounds. Like P.J. Tucker was a, a huge negative for the, the Milwaukee Bucks. But Pat Connaughton gave you a double-double, 11-9. So shout out to Biscuits for hitting the shot. When Giannis passed out of a drive, I screamed in, in my room, No! Because Giannis should be driving every time and getting Aiton and Crowder in foul trouble. Like, he did get Crowder in foul trouble, but not DeAndre Aiton. By the way, uh, just while we're mentioning DeAndre Aiton, Aiton had 6 points and 17 rebounds because the Bucks just said, all right, we're done messing around with Brooke Lopez on Aiton. We're just going to put Giannis on Aiton and suffer the consequences of everyone else. And that consequence was Devin Booker having a historically great game that is only minimized because he got himself into foul trouble trying to guard, apparently, NBA Finals hero Chris Middleton. And so, anyways, back to back to the point we were talking about before, um, applauding, you know, Giannis's defense on DeAndre Ayton, which, by the way, he had another epic moment where he swiped the inbound pass from Ayton and got the dunk, and it was just like, oh, the Bucks are they're clawing back in this thing. Oh, here's Chris Middleton giving you that. Oh, I'm just getting excited talking about it. Chris Middleton giving you that 
work with 33 jump shots but if he takes 33 eventually he's going to get to 40 points and that 40 points in that offense with Giannis giving you the 30 we expect from Giannis is just enough to eke past a Phoenix Suns team that also had Devin Booker in foul trouble and it took a few legendary moments to make it happen like the Suns offense falling apart after Devin Booker picked up his fifth foul with about seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and having to go to the bench for like five minutes up to like the three minute mark that's when the the Suns offense kind of started falling apart but still even with all that it was really interesting to see the the Milwaukee Bucks just dominate the fourth quarter just dominate 33 to 21 like five all-time epic moments I think we mentioned a few of them the swallowed whistle on Devin Booker the Giannis block Chris Middleton's game-winning jumper to make it 101. Um, the well, I guess the Giannis steal and dunk you can count in there. Um, there had Chris Middleton had the free throw line jumper that got him to 40 points. That was just unbelievable. All of it was just euphoric, euphoric. As someone who is a Giannis stan, euphoric. And I, again, we've talked about this a lot before with the referee play. It's just part of it. If the refs, there's psychology behind it, which is weird because usually the psychology works the other way that they don't want to call fouls that impact the home team, but they also don't want to make calls that impact the outcome of the game. They don't want to be the ones who decide the outcome and fouling out Devin Booker in that situation, even though he was intentionally fouling for his sixth foul would have been exactly that. And and they end up swallowing the whistle and Bucks fans were right to, to have to be angry I'm not the one who's going to be angry about it because I, after the Saints NFC Championship game, I pretty much said I'm never going to like be the referee cost the game guy. I'm not going to be critical of the referees. I I kind of carved out a lane there of like, yeah, it's just part of it, just part of it, and and acknowledging that sports are closer to entertainment than athletic competition, or at least there's a healthy medium between the two that people don't really want to acknowledge, especially in professional basketball. So the call is the call, and you know what? They didn't get it, and Devin Booker's allowed to stay in. But yeah, if I'm a Bucks fan, I'm pissed if I lose that game and Devin Booker is the one who ends up winning it for the Suns. Now all is forgiven and forgotten, but I would have been pissed if I had been a Milwaukee fan. So now we can go back a little bit because it was a lot of mid-range jumpers. Usually what we did in the first three games of this series was like, oh, let's analyze the X's and O's of how we got to this point because we didn't have an epic all-time finish. But some points I I was uh, looking at before was that in the first half, it felt like Phoenix liked... It felt like both teams were really struggling, but Phoenix shot like 50% in the first half. And a big reason for that was Phoenix was minus five in the first half on turnovers. A lot of that being Chris Paul. Obviously, Chris Paul turned the ball over at the end and... The this is it moment was him turning it over and then Holiday feeding Middleton and getting the bucket to make it 103.99. That was the fifth moment that I forgot. I mentioned four all-time moments. I forgot <laughs> in all of the chaos. I forgot about Chris Paul turning the ball over and the Bucks going two-on-one layup that foul or was supposed to foul Devin Booker out of the game, but they didn't call the foul. And Chris Middleton hit the shot to put him up four with like 40 or no, like 30 seconds left in the game because Chris Paul turned it over with 37 seconds left. So 
you know, it was like 28 seconds left. The Bucks went up four, and it felt like, okay, we got this one. If you're a Milwaukee fan or a Giannis stan like myself, not to, not to be anti-Suns, but if I'm a Giannis stan, I'm I'm feeling good about that one and the the demoralizing of the Phoenix Suns for what's about to be just an epic Game Five. This Game Five is just gonna be like just electric through the roof, and, and I was talking about this before, like. We haven't. I'll come back to some first half stuff, but we haven't had an NBA Finals game. We haven't had an NBA Finals game in the history of this podcast. Feel like this. We started the podcast just after the Raptors championship of 2019. Last year's bubble was the first playoffs we ever got to cover on the podcast, and while it was entertaining, the the closest we got to like this kind of moment was Clippers and Nuggets Game Seven with the three one comeback. And even that, the game was a total wash at the end. The storyline was Kawhi and Paul George hitting zero three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Like, it wasn't a close, crazy game like this one. Uh, I think Bucks nets Game 7 back in the second round was definitely our first, like, real experience of, oh my lord, this is an all-time classic basketball game. And I think now seeing this one with the stakes increase, because again, all of sports are just stakes and storylines. It's the reason that I say that the NBA regular season is irrelevant is because there's minimal storylines. It's just a lot of MVP talk and the stakes are non-existent because seeding doesn't matter. So stakes and storylines are what drive interest in sports. And the finals obviously creates an immense level of stakes, which is why this is going to be like an all-time performance or why we say that all the great moments happen in the finals. It's just because we've added stakes to these things. That's why I would say Kevin Durant's second round performance, while it should be all time like remembered, because it happened in the second round, a lot of people won't remember it. And so this is the first time in our podcast we've had a moment like this in the NBA finals. And it just feels weird to analyze <laughs> um, because we've never had such intensity like this doing like a post game style show after an epic all-time finals moment. And so um, for Devin Booker and for Chris Paul and for all those guys, really, for the Phoenix Suns, like it's a bitter, bitter pill to swallow. But at the same time, we got to be entertained at the very least. And back to what I was saying before with the Suns, which we'll talk a lot more about this with House of Phoenix Suns, but they... Shot the ball like 50% in the first half, and they were turning the ball over a lot. And in the second and third quarter, it just got to a point where the offense ran entirely through Devin Booker. Like, just the entire offense was Devin Booker, Devin Booker, Devin Booker hitting shots and giving them that nine-point lead after he left with foul trouble late in the third quarter. Where it looked like, you know, Devin Booker was going to be rested and he was going to come back and pick it up. But Devin Booker only had four points in the fourth quarter. And the Bucks were plus 12 in the last like eight minutes of the game. So that's the bitter pill to swallow. If you're the Phoenix suns is going from being right there to an all time legendary Devin Booker performance and to let it slip that way with all those legendary moments and the offense just dying in the fourth quarter. I mean, Devin Booker, I'm reading the post game comments and he talked about how Devin Booker talked about how, you know, it doesn't, the 42 points or the, you know, shooting, I mean, it was all mid-range jumpers, but shooting over 60% from the field, I mean, it doesn't matter because of the, the brutality of the loss. And I'd say that it's the mentality he has to take, but also I'm not in the business of zero-sum events. Like, we won't remember the Devin Booker game now, just like we don't remember um, when LeBron James had 
40 points in the playoffs and they didn't win the finals against the Warriors. We do remember the 50-point triple-double, but then it gets wiped out by J.R. Smith. Most people don't remember, maybe. Their casual fans don't remember that LeBron had a 50-point triple-double in the J.R. Smith game where he ran out the clock. And if if they can't remember that, there's no way they're going to remember Devin Booker's 42-point game. But we remember Jimmy Butler's epic game, and I think a lot of that had to do with the win and the fact that we were awed by how great Jimmy Butler is. And I think we're being awed by how good Devin Booker is. Because like I mentioned off the top, it looked like we were going to come here and talk about how Devin Booker is establishing himself as the face of a growing generation. Like Giannis, Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, all these guys are entering their primes right now. And that generation, the Giannis generation has their faces of the generation. And while we don't think of Devin Booker as that right now, he's going to go to the Olympics and probably prove it even more. Devin Booker is a two-time All-Star at 25 years old in his sixth season, two-time All-Star, who has made it to the NBA Finals with help of injuries, but still like with all-time great performances. He broke the record for most points scored in your first playoff appearance. He broke Rick Barry's record. Rick Barry's obviously a Hall of Famer. Like... Devin Booker is that level of special, and we're all getting to see it on a grand stage for the first time because the Suns have been cheeks for like five years with Devin Booker. And Devin Booker has always been that player of a generation, and we're seeing it now. We didn't game I mean, the problem that makes Devin Booker not Giannis is that Devin Booker is not a guy who we can say, go get me a bucket, and he'll go get you a bucket. His specialty is mid-range jumpers, and he's amazing at mid-range jumpers. But at the same time, Devin Booker can give you a 10-point game and he can give you a 40-point game. That's how he averages things out, unlike Giannis, where at the bare minimum, Giannis is going to give you 20. He's going to give you all-time Shaq-type performances. It's why Giannis is the face of a generation. It's why Jokic is the face of a generation, or why Jokic is probably right above Devin Booker. But they're all that second tier of guys in this next generation. Like, you know, Kevin Durant is the face of his generation, but... Steph Curry's right there, and obviously, you know, Russell Westbrook, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, all those guys are right there who we think of off the top of our heads, and Devin Booker's going to be that for this generation. We just have to give it time, and time includes legendary performances like this that unfortunately for Devin Booker are going to be forgotten. Now, compared to like Embiid and Jokic, (laughs) yeah, we're going to remember this more than legendary Embiid and Jokic games who are also the faces of the generation that's now entering their prime, hence the reason I picked those two specifically. Um, But Devin Booker, you know, stakes and storylines. It's what makes us interested in Trey Young is because he got additional stakes in the conference finals, and it's what's giving us interest in Chris Paul again is because he gets to do it on the biggest stage, and it's a fun storyline of Chris Paul finally getting that championship. And so Devin Booker did turn the ball over, did get himself in foul trouble, and ultimately... He could have put together a perfect game and the Suns would have won. And that's the part that's got to be bitter if you're Devin Booker. He could have put together a perfect game and Phoenix would have won. It's not like Giannis in game two where he could put together a perfect game, 45 points, 20 rebounds, 10 assists, and the Bucks would have still lost. Devin Booker could have put together a perfect game and... Phoenix would be up 3-1 right now, and that's the part that probably feels more bitter than anything else for Devin Booker, as we all get introduced to the fact that he is a legitimate future superstar 
once this generation fully establishes themselves, Giannis, Embiid, Jokic, Devin Booker, um, Carl Anthony Towns at some point, all these guys are going to establish themselves as the faces of a new generation. Donovan Mitchell's even a bit of a tweener, so you could throw Donovan Mitchell in the mix there. But all those guys are going to establish themselves as the faces of a new generation, led by Giannis, but followed right behind by Devin Booker. And we're starting to get to see the signs of it here tonight, or at least throughout this NBA Finals. But we also see reasons why Devin Booker has some growing to do. This is the suffering that most stars go through that Devin Booker has not had to do. Yes, they missed the bubble, the, the playoffs in the bubble by going 8-0. Yes, that's heartbreaking, but most people don't get there this fast. Devin Booker's getting there real quick after being cheeks for like five or six years, and maybe that's the little bit of heartbreak that Devin Booker is going to have to experience, but at the same time, I don't know how many of us think this Suns team is going to get back. Like, this is the pinnacle for the Suns. This was, I mean, not winning this one is a blown opportunity. As great as much as the Bucks won that game, losing that way in that fourth quarter was a missed opportunity for the Phoenix Suns, and it's going to be a bitter pill to swallow, as we're about to discuss with our friend House of Phoenix Suns. Hashtag rest in peace, House of Phoenix Suns. We'll explain that in a second, but this one does feel like a, a missed opportunity for Phoenix at the same time as. Uh, as at the same time as the Bucks like dominating and giving us all time performances that we'll remember, and Giannis, who has paid like serious dues across the last three years, is finally getting to reap the benefits of that. Hopefully, finishing it off with an NBA Finals because it just makes us all happy. It was a missed opportunity for the Suns when we don't think they're going to get back to this point, and it was a missed opportunity for Devin Booker to establish himself as this growing face of a generation or growing face growing member of the future faces of a generation as a guy who is starting off his career with hall of fame numbers it was a missed opportunity certainly for devin booker tonight in that specifically that fourth quarter and specifically when he got himself in foul trouble so let let us continue this conversation with our friend house of phoenix suns hashtag rest in peace You see, I drive in the paint with my long ass arms, and I'm like, fuck you. I guess the shame from Kawhi wasn't enough. I'm like, fuck you, cause now we got Drew. Said if I was better, I'd make a three-pointer. But have you seen Chris Middleton? And although the heat gon' get swept, I wish Jimmy the best. Tell him, fuck you. Well, I'm sorry about 19 and 20, but that don't mean I can't get you there. Cause I'm 26, I got two MVPs. The way I play the game ain't fair. I pity the heat for not getting James Harden. Should've traded Color Hero, I got locked by Bam out of my yo. I got some news for you. Bryn Forbes hit six threes in game two. You see, I drive in the paint with my long ass arms. I'm like, fuck you. I guess the shame from Kawhi wasn't enough. I'm like, 
fuck you, cause now we got Drews, and if I was better, I'd make a three-pointer. But have you seen Chris Middleton? And although the heat gon' get swept, I wish Jimmy the best. Tell him, fuck you. Oh, I know, man. I, it's, it doesn't make any sense. I've sent countless emails, filled out countless forms, and I, like now I just got to wait. I mean. You I don't, don't even know. know why it went down in the first no, place? I didn't, I didn't do anything that I, didn't, I hadn't done before. Like, I posted videos. I, I posted the final score. The final score of game three was my final post, and then. I got a message from one of my friends like, hey, what happened to your account when I woke up? And I was like, what do you mean? Because I had notifications on my phone and I clicked on them and it was, everything was gone. So, Yeah. I, I, I've seen it happen to people before and, you know, every now and then it comes back. But I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I, the only thing I can think is like a copyright thing. But even that wouldn't, you know, I, I don't I think they take down the page altogether. Yeah, I just take down the post, and every every son's page posted the same video I did. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, yeah, rest in peace to House of Phoenix Suns. Well, for now, hopefully, hopefully it'll come back in in the next few days. But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm trying to stay the- positive, but I mean, obviously, I'm assuming the worst. So yeah, well, in the meantime. Uh, I guess I don't know. Do you want? I'll pick up where I left off before, which is just this is this is a missed opportunity for the Suns. Game four was a missed opportunity for the Suns. Oh, definitely. Like we were up by nine in the fourth quarter, and as you you said before, is that we've never lost while we're leading by ten. So I mean, it's close enough. So I expected to win the game. Devin Booker was on fire, but I mean, Chris Paul just couldn't get anything going. Yeah. That Chris Paul one is so strange. That, but the way I've kind of explained it, I was explaining it from the beginning, and it never really picked up. Was just they said, "Chris Middleton, we don't care about your offense. Just put everything you've got into guarding Chris Paul. Like guard him from baseline to baseline. Make him give up the ball. Just you know, play that tenacious Chris Middleton. I'm sorry, Drew Holiday defense yeah. that we're used to across you know his time with the Pelicans and the Sixers and a little bit with the Bucks and the only times Chris Paul really got going was when Booker got into foul trouble with his four fouls. And they, then they just switched Bobby Portis. They did, they ran screens and just switched Bobby Portis on the Chris Paul. And he just hit like mid range jumper after mid range jumper and yeah. then didn't score the rest of the game. Yeah, I know. And like what killed me was when he turned it over when we were at the end of the game, it just an easy dribble, dribble past Bobby Portis and he trips and, and falls. And then, everything goes downhill from there and there was no way for us to come back. Well, yeah, that was with like 32 seconds left. I yeah, think it was very quick. Game. I think we were down two or something. No, I, yeah, I think it was one Oh one ninety nine, And then they go on the two on one and, you know, Booker yeah. probably should have fouled out on that, but it didn't matter once, you know, Middleton hit that layup and yeah. then it was like a four point game. And it was like 26 seconds. And it was like, Oh, everything is just falling apart at the end. And I'll raise this one more and say this was a real missed opportunity for Devin Booker just because like we, we talked about, I, I mentioned this coming into this segment, but I, I kind of want to see what you think about it. Like Giannis in game two, where he had like the 20 points in the third quarter, mm-hmm. if Giannis had played a perfect game, 
the Bucks still would have lost that game too. Like the Suns were just that excellent that even if he had like 45, 20, and 10, yeah. they still would have lost. If Devin Booker had played a perfect game in this one, and he played awesome, but it wasn't quite perfect. Like he got into foul trouble at the end yeah. and only took three shots in the fourth quarter. Like if Devin Booker had played a perfect game, Suns would be up 3-1 right now. I think that's the real missed opportunity for Devin Booker. Definitely. Like, uh, assuming he stays in all all of the fourth quarter, the game's over. I mean, being up nine points with your best scorer in in the game, I'm, I'm taking those odds that we're going to win that game and we go back to Phoenix with a chance to win the NBA title. But now, I mean, everything's back up in the air. It's, it's tied again, and now it's the best of – first of two wins so I mean and when we left off on Sunday that's exactly what you said which was you know we just shake it off and we'll come back in game four and we can win game four and then you know shit kind of went south about the uh, about the nine minute mark in the fourth quarter when it's like okay you know we're not playing great but you know this is the anti-sun basically instead of the team that has ball movement like Four guys yeah. scoring 15 points. It's just run the offense through Devin Booker and everyone else get the hell out of the way. It, it was the old Suns. Like, yeah, that was yeah. the offense from when Devin Booker scored 70 points until this season was give the ball to Devin Booker and hope it goes in. And then just play defense well enough so that Devin Booker can match what the Bucks are doing. And that's what it felt like. And he couldn't do it because he got into foul trouble. And it, I mean, it was just a lot. That went and bad from everyone else. That's brutal. Yeah, that's yeah. the part that's brutal. Is like foul trouble and maybe a three pointer here and there. Like there was one where he like splashed one, and they called it a two instead of a three because he had like a foot on the line. Oh yeah. And I this was in the third quarter. I, it was I think it was in the twenty point third quarter because that was the part I forgot to mention was Giannis broke the twenty five year record with a twenty point third quarter in game two and then Devin Booker had a twenty point third quarter in game two where by the way he sat three minutes in the quarter and had twenty points. I know. I that would be crazy if he could have broken broken Giannis like two games later. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was so tough and, to and just have it disappear in the fourth quarter. I know and usually like I, I say this every episode is that usually when a Suns player scores thirty, we're gonna win. And Devin Booker scored 40, and we still lost. Like, well, that's the joke very I'd, rare for the Suns. The joke I'd been making is, well, you guys have never played a, Gian- a player like Giannis yet. And it turned out it wasn't even Giannis. It was just Chris Middleton taking yeah. 33 damn shots. Was the yeah, difference. I know. And we shot ourselves in the foot. Like, I, I think it was like fast break points plus points off turnovers. It was like 62 to 19 for the Bucks, which is absurd. Well, like, also, I think like, in the first half, the Suns were minus five in turnovers. And I, I, again, I, I think they said that tied their worst of the entire season was being minus five in turnovers at the end of the first half. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because, yeah. like, nothing was going – Chris Paul had, like, three turnovers in the first half. Aiton had a, had a couple where he just threw it to Jay Crowder on a break and just went out of bounds. It, like, it, we just seemed lost for no reason. I mean – we had time to prepare. We we played this team three times already, so we should know what's happening. And yeah, and, it, and it's not like Holiday was playing the same defense on Chris Paul in Game Three. It was just yeah. Chris Paul was able to you know roll to his left a little bit more than he did in the other. Which I was so confused. Like 
Middleton would keep pushing him to the, like the left baseline. I'm just like, go with your left hand, just spin off his back, roll to the baseline and kick it to eight and yeah, draw know. the double team. And it just ne- never happened. It just Chris Paul would pass out every single time. And added to the fact that him and Booker didn't, uh, you guys had six three pointers in the entire game. You hit eight in the first quarter of game two. Six three-pointers as a team, and not a single one was from Devin Booker or Chris Paul. Yeah, that's that's actually a crazy stat to me. But, I mean, since Chris Paul wants this first-ever championship, he, he needs to play better. I mean, I, I would say that this, this game, you could say, is on, on him because he's the facilitator. We run our offense through him most of the time. And when you're turning him over, I think he had maybe five turnovers, sounds about right to me. Five turnovers for our veteran point guard, Hall of Fame point guard. You should not have five. If it was two, we were we, we might have won that game. Mm-hmm. And two is lenient for Chris Paul. I mean, you don't expect yeah. If they if they them. don't have a historically bad game in terms of turnover margin, not historically bad by finals terms, like bad by their their terms of the current core of the team. Like if they don't have an all time bad turnover game they still might end up winning the game. And again, like Middleton took 33 shots and shot at about his average. So it wasn't great, but also the Suns just did not defend him well. And Booker got himself in foul trouble trying to guard Middleton, which was like you said, the old Devin Booker Mm -hmm. where he picks up fouls on defense and, you know, loses that, that cool that he's had throughout the year being a, you know, above average wing defender. Yeah. And, and, I think I said this last episode that I wasn't too worried for the series, but if we lost this game, I would be a little bit more worried. So, I mean, I am a little bit worried about game five because game five, I mean, it's back in Phoenix. But I just, I am worried. I don't know what can happen. Anything can happen. And I feel whoever wins game five is going to win the series. That's, I mean, that's probability. Yeah. You can look 80, all the numbers. 80. 81% of the time, you'd be correct. Whoever wins game five yeah. of a 2-2 series goes on to win the series. So I, I make myself sound a bit smarter by saying that. But, I mean, it comes down to that. Game three, we we need a win. We can't lose three games in a row. Yeah. And, again, this this one was a particularly bad because Booker, as great as Booker was, like you knew he could have done more. Like you just knew there were a few things here and there that if it yeah. goes his way, they're walking out of Milwaukee with a 3-1 lead. It's not like they, they got the doors blown off. Like, they were winning most of the game, and then it all fell apart in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And I said last episode I was on here is that I'd rather lose by 20 like we did in game three than lose by one. But this one, I thought we were going to win. We, we had the lead, and crumbling just makes it, makes it worse, too, than losing by 20. Because we had it. We literally had the 3-1 lead going back to Phoenix and we're going to win the, the championship in Phoenix. And now that's all just a fantasy. And you could also argue like Monty kind of had to take Booker out with nine minutes left because not only do they risk like losing him for the rest of the game, like at the very end when ironically like playing hindsight on the results, like the offense was just totally like stunted after Devin Booker went out of the lineup with the fifth foul and you know, it was like they were looking at like campaign to make a shot or like eight yeah. to catch the lob that Giannis blocked. I was thinking I wasn't going to mention the Giannis block at any. That point was nuts. My my jaw dropped on that block. <laughs> it 
Yeah, no, that one. But then it was so weird on the way down because they like ran the offense through Giannis and he kicked to Middleton and then Middleton missed a shot and then Drew Holiday got a rebound and Middleton missed another shot. And it was like, oh, okay, so Phoenix has a chance here. And then it's like, boom, Chris Paul off his foot. Okay, now it's over. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it's like they they were so close to being able to redeem themselves from the block where, you know, nobody would yeah. have remembered the block and everyone would have remembered the refs screwing over the Milwaukee Bucks. But <laughs> – it it was like, oh, they've got a chance at redemption, and then bing, off your foot, oh, game over. We're, I know. We're, we're going to lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I turned it off for like seven seconds left because I was so disappointed. Yeah, but. I mean, uh, that one, again, like, we, we keep, like, prisoner of the moment reiterating it, but, like, when it's right in your grasp, like, and they can win game five and we'll just forget all about it, but... And yeah. go back to being, you know, 81 points. Um, I guess 81 is the magical number, right? Like yeah, that's the, right. The, the Bucks tonight, uh, Giannis and Middleton had like 66 points and anyone can get you 15 because I think Connaughton yeah. had like 11 for them. Yeah. So That's good enough. Yeah, like I, I think Brooke Lopez actually did have like 15 points. So they got to the magical 81 threshold. But like the Suns could come out and do that again and we forget all about it. But to have that one slip away it feels like it feels like the kind of tortured past that like if you're a milwaukee fan you look up at the suns right now they're like oh wait a minute that's us that's us against the toronto raptors that's us against the miami heat this is the torture that most franchises go through unlike the suns who we you know we've talked about they caught some great breaks but they're still a really good team and they this is everyone's first playoff run and Usually there's some level of like paying dues that exists in the NBA, not all the time, but most of the time there's some level of paying dues that Chris Paul has paid, but maybe Devin Booker has a, you know, what should have been a sixth foul with four minutes left in a critical yeah. game four. That's like, okay, next time I'll learn from that. But also there might not be a next time, but also Devin Booker's on a hall of fame trajectory at 25 years old. So it, we just don't know. But it, yeah. it it does feel like there's a lot of, you know, dues being paid and, like, ghosts coming out of the closet for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and, I mean, this is, it, it feels like this series is going to seven now. I mean, I, I'm still predicting Suns and six. I can't back away from that, being biased and everything, yes. But if it goes to game seven, I, I don't know if I can handle that. Game seven, NBA Finals in Phoenix – for the first ever championship, that'd be just crazy if it goes to Game Seven. And I don't know, like pressure-wise, it, it it's going to come down to just a few plays, like the game did today. And uh, I mean, Chris Paul has to be better in the in the clutch moments. He's he's the the veteran. He, if you had to pick one person on the whole court to control an offense, you pick Giannis or Chris Paul in a clutch moment where you need a good play. I mean, that's just how it goes. So if it goes to, to a Game Seven. It seems like the Bucks have the more composed players. Which is also strange because both teams kind of need that extra like guy in the clutch. Like the Suns turn to Devin Booker and the Bucks turn to to Chris Middleton. And you know, usually we think that'll work out well for for the Devin Booker side, but you know, tonight Chris Middleton scores the final eight points for the Milwaukee Bucks and yeah. Devin Booker took three shots in the fourth quarter. Like it's yeah. just again, missed opportunity that most nights we would expect better from Devin, especially a night where, you know, both of them scored 40 points. 
it's, I know. it's strange that it didn't happen in crunch time. When we think of Devin Booker as a great crunch time player, like Devin yeah. Booker is one of the best in the league at 25 years old. Yeah. In the crunch Booker time. And Chris Paul have been great in fourth quarters. They usually seal the deal. And like, that's what happened in game one and two is that, like you mentioned, whenever the Bucks seemed to be coming back a little bit, one of them would hit a shot and that didn't happen today. Well, it happened at one point. There was one moment where in the third quarter, Devin Booker got his fourth foul and he had to sit for like the last three minutes and they went on like a 9-3 run with Chris Paul hitting like two shots and campaign hitting a three-pointer. And there was one moment where it was like, that was when we were like, oh, the Suns kind of have this. And then, nope, you know, Aiton gets an inbound pass stolen and they, you know, they can't really figure out the offense. And then, oh no, it's a two-point game. Oh no, it's tied. Oh no, they were fouling now and Jay Crowder's got five fouls and oh no, now Giannis just rejected DeAndre Ayton and everyone's yeah. demoralized and so yeah. it's all falling apart. Yeah, that's a quick quick way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean it was a little cruel, like understanding yeah, a Suns fan who had to <laughs> it's, sit it's through honest. that. <laughs> I know. And I mean, it just adds salt to the wounds kinda. I mean, it was nice that I could turn the game off early so I wouldn't have to post the final score, but at the same time, I'd love to post the final score. But I can't. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is the worst time. Like it's. I. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a punch in the gut in all terms. Just all terms. It's just a straight punch in the gut. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I'm trying to stay positive because it's not officially gone yet. And as not a series, officially, gone. officially gone, but it feels like it. it. Well, it feels like it, but also we might be like prisoner of the moment at this point because we're recording it right after game yeah. four and. Yeah. literally all I said when I started the podcast was just holy shit like five times over so <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we're prisoner of the moment in this one but I mean there's no way to avoid the fact that like yes they let that game slip out of their hands and it was a missed opportunity for Devin Booker that you know if they don't win the series it's gonna haunt Devin Booker for years because yeah. you know as great as they look I, I don't know if they're gonna get back with this current core of the team to this. Yeah. It just feels like the best opportunity for a while. Yeah. So that one, it's going to haunt Devin Booker if they lose, but then that's also a big if because yeah, they're probably going to be favored in game five when whoever wins. Yeah. Whoever wins game five wins the series like 81% of the time. Yeah. And I mean, I'll take those odds. So let's just win game five and we'll call it good and win game six done. I look like an expert. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and then you get to celebrate your team winning their magical NBA Finals. That we I said after Game Two, you should be feeling pretty good about yourself. But I was, and now not so much. Yeah, I think I think it's just the the demoralizing part of Game Four. Because to be honest, it's predictable that the the Bucks could win two and that you're still okay. But the fact that it was right there and you guys have looked like a better team in three of the four games now and yeah. to have it be two, two with obviously that bad MFR wearing 34 yeah. on the other side of the court. Yeah. Like, it, it feels bad even if we look up and it's not, it's not as bad as it looks on paper, but after watching game four, everyone's just like, like a balloon yeah. deflating in that fourth quarter. Yeah. And the Bucks. As I said, the Suns did their job. They won the two at home. The Bucks did their job and won both at home. So now, more pressure on the Suns. We have to win game five at home. We, we should be expected to win all the home games. That's 
that's how it goes. Yeah. Hashtag sons and six or sons and seven. I don't know where you stand at this point now, but yeah, sons, sons and sons and, that's what I was about literally about to say. <laughs> By the way, now follow House of Phoenix Sons on Twitter while we see yeah. what the what the outcome is of the Instagram. We'll link that because y'all we need to we need to give that man his support right now. <laughs> if his if his page is gone after Game Three of the NBA Finals. Please follow him on Twitter. Just please, please go follow him on Twitter, House of Phoenix Suns, um, so that he can continue to post his final scores after. <laughs> it makes me feel good, regardless of the outcome. It makes me feel a bit better because then everyone gets to comment how mad they are, and I know I'm not the only one. Yes, you get to you get to revel in the the sadness of other Suns fans, other than just your family. Yes, exactly. Um, uh, but hopefully. I'll, hopefully I, I'll be allowed to come back on after game five with my account back. So I'll be able to DM you from there. But if not, you know where to find me. And uh, thanks for having me. Thank you. And I look forward to it after what should be a magical game five. Regardless, of, I mean, we said after game three, hopefully one of these games ends up being close. And we got that. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out for you. So I think yeah, it's not the way I want it. <laughs> Regardless of the outcome, Game 5 is going to be magical. If it's a 30-point blowout for the Suns, it's going to be magical. If it's a 30-point blowout for the Bucks, it's going to be magical. And if it's a close game again, well, then I'll just keep saying holy shit over and over in happy <laughs> analysis. Yeah, with a Devin Booker game winner to score 60. <laughs> oh, my that. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, – there were two things that I was laughing at before. It's like final thoughts. I was like – you know, Devin Booker had like 18 in the first half, and it was like, but Chris Middleton also had 16. I was like, that's like the quietest 16 points ever yeah. for Chris Middleton. And then it was yeah. the loudest 40 points yeah, ever because he took 33 shots in the game, which, again, I don't know how Chris Middleton takes 33 shots in a game and his team wins. I just – I don't I know. I can't believe that. Especially yeah. in the NBA Finals. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like we think of when players when players have higher usage rates, the team play usually declines. And when it's a player like Chris Middleton, we expect that their level of play will decline. But when Giannis is still giving a 26 and 14 every single night, then all of a sudden they can win a game even when Giannis isn't putting up 40 point games because we kind of. We kind of thought that was going to happen. At some point, Giannis was going to have a less than his 30-point average game again. But I don't think any of us thought that they would win that game, especially win this one. With I, I was expecting to win going into the fourth quarter. But. Yeah, it was like just a perfect confluence of events, like, you know, zero three-pointers from Booker and Chris Paul to yeah. not. Again, like if if a few of those end up being threes, Maybe it's a closer game than we think because it was only a six-point finish. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I said that was going to be the last thought, and then I did more analysis. So, anyways, yeah, I, I don't mind. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk to you after game five. How about that? Uh, it sounds good. Stuns and six hashtag. I've almost forgot hashtag rally the valley or yes. hashtag fear the deer. I don't know. I, I keep I just keep sending in all my group chats fear the mother effing deer at this point. <laughs> it's just every time Giannis hits a dunk or a block, it's just like fear the deer. <laughs> and then every time Booker goes crazy, rally the valley. I just yeah. love both of them. I mean, fear the deer is a pretty good slogan as well. I'll give but, them. That. But deers aren't scary. This is the joke is- I've been making for three years. Deers aren't scary. <laughs> yeah, nah, that's fair. <laughs>
deers are deers are kind of cute and <laughs> it, I guess the rally the valley was just great play on where both teams have excellent slogans I, I hate that one of these teams has to lose but I I gotta be honest this is the first like we've done two finals now like we started the podcast after the Kawhi finals in 2019 like we started right around the Kawhi free agency so this is like the first finals that we're covering other than like Lakers heat that was just a total blowout yeah. and this feels so intense. Like I've never, I don't think I've been more invested in an NBA finals than I've been in this one, mostly because we haven't had a close finals in like five years other than the Toronto golden state one, which, you know, was kind of dampened by everyone blowing out their knees and Achilles at the end. Yeah. But I, I, this has been so freaking intense that even with, you know, two teams that we didn't think would quite get there, it's just been so evenly matched. I know. It's a, it's a little tough to handle <laughs> as well, a Suns yeah. fan. How about you with your childhood team winning the championship you didn't think would happen in your lifetime? <laughs> I know. I, and then there's that Greek guy that wants to take it from me. Yes, that Greek freak, that bad mf where number 34, trying to – Take what is rightfully his, in my humble opinion. But yeah. <laughs> Chris Paul has worked hard too, and Devin Booker. Devin Booker is going to have to eat some of that torment. Maybe his torment will come in Game Four, and all will be forgotten afterwards. But you know, Devin Devin Booker is going to get some torment if it just on his personal level, like the fact that they didn't win that one. Yeah, is, is going to haunt Devin Booker if they don't come back to win the series. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Enjoy yourself, and uh, we'll see what is the next game. Friday, Saturday? I think. Um, three days from now, so Saturday. So Saturday. All right. Yeah. Well, then we'll see you Saturday night. All right. Talk to you later. Take care of your account. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.